Welcome to Scoop Du Jour, Brandon Wright. I am so excited for this podcast personally because we have our first former Tar Heel on the show and longtime NBA player, 12-year NBA vet. He played with a number of teams, um, and we'll talk through all of them, but I'm just so excited to welcome you in. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you having me. Looking forward to it. Um, I have to to start with all things Tar Heels, and and there's a lot of people who who listen who are Tar Heels, but there's a lot who aren't. We share a special bond, I think, just by being Carolina grads. Yeah. yeah you you only played one year because you were so highly touted, um, eighth overall draft pick. One year at Carolina, did it did it mean as much to you in one year as, as those of us who were there for four? No, I mean, it meant a lot. I mean, I wanted to stay all four years. I wanted to stay longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you get in those situations where you just got to make a, a choice, a personal choice, kind of a, a business choice. I mean, you've seen where the game has gone as far as um, early entries and all those type of things. But, I mean, I was technically there for like nine months. So it was it's kind of a blur. But yeah, it was one of the best, like, short periods of my life. Like, just looking back on it, like, it was just a – a great time because it was a transition from high school and then going to college. And those, that was the last time that it wasn't truly about business. You know, it was more like, all right, this is the last time you get to be a kid and have fun. Then I got drafted at 19 years old. So, you know, it was kind of crazy. I have so many questions, but I want to go back to what you said. That is like the people don't really realize that's the last time you're a kid. And I, it hits it hits so close to home. I remember before I went to college, my dad said to me, there is no time like college where you'll ever be surrounded by only people who are in the same yeah. boat as you, for lack of a better term, right? When you move away and you have a job, somebody's going to be at your job who's 10 years older than you. Somebody's going to mm -hmm. be younger, whatever. You're all in the same boat. It's such a cool thing. Um, and it kind of brought me back there. But take me back to you grew up in the Nashville area. How did you decide on Carolina? Uh, it came down to, I mean, ironically, it was between Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, and then Vandy. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think I did. And <laughs> then um, then it really kind of came down to Carolina and Vandy, and it was kind of like, a, do I stay home and, you know, do that thing? Because I was kind of already thinking beforehand that, you know, I wasn't going to be in college long. You know, mm -hmm. it was going to be a probably a one-year thing. I mean, Twitter's crazy now and the internet's crazy, you know, now, but Twitter wasn't available back then. I think it was, I think it was born like maybe 2007 or yeah. 2000, you know, maybe around that time. So the internet was the hot thing back then. So, you know, you read the articles and people send you things and, oh, you're going to be drafted high, you know, this and that. So it was kind of a choice between where do I want to go. And I just thought North Carolina was a great fit for me, the style of play. And it's one of the few places that, you know, no matter who the coach is, no matter who the players are, they play the same way throughout tradition. Tradition, You know, you can go back to the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, turn of the you know, millennium, still play the same way. You know, you still have to do the same thing, same traditions. So that, that was kind of cool to me. And, you know, they're still doing the same things now, which is which is great to see on TV. You did play for an iconic coach, and he was kind of in the – beginning of his career yeah. in Chapel Hill then. What was that like to play under Roy Williams? I mean, it was cool because, you know, he had won a championship 
um, a couple years before, but he was still like having to prove himself as far as like, I got to get my guys in here, you know, because I think he won with a couple uh, Doherty's guys, I think maybe okay. with May and McCants and Ray Felton. I think those are, weren't his guys, but you know, they were Carolina guys, but obviously. Yeah. But I think he wanted to get his his big time guys in. And, and, you know, I was part of that transition. And unfortunately, we lost in the Elite Eight. Um, crazy game we blew but you know I was kind of part of that that transition to where you know showing the the fans and the, the country like all right coach Williams is about business you know type of guys he's gonna bring in the, the quality of talent and a couple of years later my class eventually got a championship which was great for me to see oh that's so cool what do you remember about the elite eight game that you just mentioned and then oh. the the team that eventually went on to win I mean we I mean, we blew an 18-point lead. That's all I can remember. I think it was eight minutes left. I think we were up 18 with eight minutes left. So, and I remember playing this game in New Jersey. You know, we had the game in hand, and we just stopped making shots. And then Georgetown got hot. Went to overtime. We still couldn't score. Um, You know, I feel like that was our year, but, you know, we came up short. Uh, So I was really happy for those guys because the next year, that's when they went to they went to the final four and they got blasted by Kansas. Yeah. You know, which was tough too, because you know, we got yeah, we got our heart ripped out the year before. And then those guys go to the final four next year and get beat bad. And then they finally get get to the championship and beat Michigan State. So, you know, all those emotions and they work hard for, you know, that championship they got. It's so crazy. And this is obviously such a, a Carolina thing, but just the fact that there have been so many instances of going to the championship, falling, coming back, redemption tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, my senior year of college was the buzzer beater that we lost, yeah. um, the Chris Jenkins shot, and then yeah, I was back. at that game too. That you was, were, was, yeah, I was down there. What yeah. was that like? That was a crazy. Fan. I mean, it, it just it just sucked because. So we, I was in Memphis at the time, and uh, me and Vince Carter had flew down together to the game. We were playing together in Memphis. And, you know, we had everything planned out. We had practice that day. We had the plane. We flew down. We were going to – we said we we're going to win a championship. We are going to go celebrate a little bit and then turn around and come back to Memphis. And then that happened. That was that was nuts. That, that play was just – because, you know, we tied it up. You know, we were able to tie it up. Marcus, I think was it was it a bank shot? He had a bank three, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But Marcus like Page had tied it up with like I don't even remember how many seconds. Yeah, a couple like seconds left. Out. Yeah, yeah. So when they when they made that shot, it was crazy because we had literally the whole you know that were able to come the alumni base of former basketball players oh, were able to come, and you know we had all planned it out. Coach wanted all the guys to come up and celebrate. It was it was it was tough. It was, it was hard. It was hard to watch. It's so crazy too. Like when you're in a championship game, I'm sure this is for anyone: football, baseball, basketball. When you're playing in a championship game, no thought goes through your mind other than the fact you're winning that game. Does that happen to you as a player? Like as a fan watching that game in 2016, watching the team again. Even this past year, I'm watching it from the perspective, and I'm a, a sports journalist. I'm just watching this as a fan of my team's going to win if they're in the championship. Does that happen to you as a player, or is that crazy? Yeah, I mean, because you, you you always look at the, you know, you study film and you pre- prepare and you want to, 
make sure you have your opponent down to a T, but he's like, okay, this is what we do better. And this is what we do is going to allow us to win the championship or win this big game. And when it doesn't go well, it kind of sucks because the season is just over, you know? So you don't, you don't have anything to, to, to go back on or to, you know, look forward to because you got a long wait. But it, like I say, give those guys credit because they came back next year and won it. So, yeah. you know, that's kind of a, that's kind of a Carolina trend. You know, we, mm-hmm. we get our hearts ripped out and then we come back to next year and win it. So I hope those guys can do that because we, you know, we blew a bit, we blew the game last year too. Yeah. So we, we should have won that one. And those guys, they probably feel gutted and they had a, a great summer and a great fall and, they are able to think about that. Now they know it's time for business. Absolutely. I remember in 2016, I've never heard a college campus quiet. And that night, college campus was quiet walking back from watching the game. Um, that was just so crazy. Do you have a memory from your your nine months, nine short months? But do you have a memory of a specific game that was like the coolest one you played in as a, a college basketball player, or the best or the fondest memory? Uh. I mean, I just think that um, my first exhibition game was cool because I was so super nervous. And, you know, it, I tell people I was nervous because, like, high school, first game, freshman, wasn't, wasn't nervous. First game I ever got in the NBA, wasn't nervous. Really? Um, but that game, I was really, really nervous for some reason. And it was, it, it, you know, the game didn't even count because I don't know what it was. I was just nervous. So – that game, and then when we won the um, ACC championship down in Tampa, that was cool. Yeah. You know, to cut the nets down and pretty much lo- we locked – I think we locked up um, a one seed that day. So that was a cool thing because we, we won the championship game. The game – you know, the game started at 11 back then. It was early. Won the championship game. We showered up, went to a restaurant, ate, and then we were waiting on the selection show, and then we – Got the one seed and we went crazy. So that was that was a cool experience for me. But you know, all that all that stuff was just so fun. You know, it's like I say, you don't want to. I would never replace it with anything. It was just a great, great, great time period in my life. So fast forward, and it's the NBA draft. They call your name eighth overall to what was the Charlotte Bobcats. But mm-hmm. then there was a a trade that night involving you, and you go to the Warriors. Um, take me through the emotions of draft night and and everything that that went on then. Yeah, I mean it was pretty simple because so I had worked out for Charlotte uh, before the draft, and then they they called a couple of days before the draft and they told me, you know, we love we like Brandon or whatever, and he, you know he's a Carolina guy. Obviously, we you know really like those guys for sure. Yeah. And Jordan was there also, but he said we think this team is um, headed in the direction we want to build a playoff contender. So we're probably going to trade our pick and we're probably going to try to bring some veteran guys in. So, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I, you know, I, after that, I didn't think anything about it. I didn't think they were going to draft me or anything. So when they drafted me, I kind of knew something was going on. So I knew that that wasn't going to be my permanent destination. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to wait like who, and that process is crazy because um, I don't know if they changed the rule yet, but back then, you couldn't leave the like the green room until the trade was completed. I think you had to wait to the end of the round. So I got drafted eighth, and I had to wait all the way to the end of the round to get to get everything situated. Were you still with um, your family though? 
Yeah, I was still with my family, okay, but we just had to wait there. It was because, you know, some guys, they get drafted, they do their interviews, and they yeah. can go start celebrating or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever is going to happen. You know, we had the restaurant and all those things, and I didn't get to get there until, like, I don't think I got to the restaurant until, like, maybe, like, 1 a.m., which is <sighs> nuts. You're just waiting around. Yeah, I was just waiting around because the, the trade details had to be completed. Before, wow. Yeah, before you, you uh, can leave the, the premise or whatever. Had you known, you mentioned how social media was kind of just getting started and there still was a lot of buzz around your name. Had you known you were going to go that high or was there still kind of that, that shock and that emotion of you're the eighth overall draft pick? I kind of knew because I think my range was uh, like three through 10. Wow. Because the the top two picks were pretty much locked up. It was Greg Oden and Kevin Durant. You know, they were pretty much locked up. Um, everyone knew those guys would go one and two. And then after that, it was a big shuffle. You know, no one knew where anyone was going to go. And But I knew my cutoff was at 10. I think that was Philly, maybe. Okay. I think they said, uh, if you get there, we're taking you. So that was my cutoff. Um, I think that's pretty common these days. You know, these teams tell you, you get to a certain point, we'll take you. But, yeah, so I'm just waiting to try to see where I go. But when Charlotte got on the clock, I'm like, I'm definitely not going here because, you know, I know what they told me before the draft. And then they drafted me. I'm like, all right, where am I getting traded to? Got it. Okay, so you mentioned Jordan. Did you have a relationship or do you have a relationship with him? The Carolina connection being obvious, but. I mean, just, that- you know, just, a, yeah, just a Carolina connection. Um, yeah. You know, I, I knew him, you know, seeing him around the, the facility and knew him just from, you know, I went to his camp when I was like 13 years old out in Santa Barbara. That's the first time I ever met him. And, you know, that's. That's five years before I decided to go to Carolina. So, you know, every well, every time we see him, it's all, you know, love and respect. And, you know, he, he really likes his Carolina guys. And, you know, I you know, it's Michael Jordan. Every time you see him, you shake his hand, give him a hug, you know. You just appreciate that, you know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I have to know what you wore on draft night, because it's it's a big like fashion show nowadays, but two thousand six, seven, it's a different fashion era. Yeah, I wore like a gray suit with like uh like a pink pinkish tie, pinkish shirt. It was not not okay. full fully pink. It was like a really really pale pink. Okay. Um, I, I respect that. But I didn't want to go too crazy, but I didn't want to be too conservative, you know. Okay. But now, like you said, though, it, it's like a it's like a full like fashion statement. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, these guys really doing big things, and I'm not really like to be honest, I'm not really like that much in the fashion. Um, I'm pretty simple. Like I can wear the same clothes almost every day. You know, I'm working out a lot. I'm always doing athletic things with my daughter. So it's not, uh, you know, all of my suits and all the stuff I got over the years is literally just sitting in a closet that ever rarely gets used. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I can I can respect that. That's spoken like a, a true athlete, right? Mostly just yeah, wearing it's... athletic clothes. Um, You also talked about, KD was in that draft class and all of these guys during this era of just iconic basketball. But I think I read that you modeled your game after Kevin Garnett and maybe Chris Bosh a little bit. Is that right? Are those? Yeah, that, they, those are my uh, my favorite players, um, like watching like before I got to the NBA. Um, I liked a lot of Tim Duncan, too, because I like his demeanor and the way he just goes about business. But um uh, you know, those guys are all like long and, and, and athletic and, you know, lanky, as they say, or whatever, mm-hmm. shot blocking type of guys, you know, try to bring some 
some defensive intensity to the game. Um, so I like those guys a lot. But, you know, I, I, when I got in the NBA, I just started taking pieces from everywhere. <laughs> you know, you watch so much film, you know, you try to improve and add anything you can. Because especially if you say, oh, I, I know I can do that. So let me add this to my game. So I, I just started stealing pieces from, from any player that <laughs> was doing anything productive, you know. Right. Who were some of the people that helped mold your your career once you did get to the NBA, whether it was a coach or a player that helped you become either a better player or just a better person? You were 19, you said. So anybody yeah. really help you while you were there? You know, so, so my first, let's say my first four four years or so, it was kind of crazy because I had injuries. Mm-hmm. So it was up and down. And then, you know, with the Warriors, we had a lot of team injuries, which was crazy. The team was going through transition. I think I played for two or three coaches or something like that, maybe. Yeah. Uh, there was a team sale. Uh, so there was a lot going on. So, you know, that was crazy. You know, obviously I was talented or whatever, but ended up getting traded at the deadline of my, my last year of my contract and then went to New Jersey for like three months, whatever, to close out the year. And then the lockout hit. Mm. And then that's when I was really able to like evaluate, you know, my game and sit down and look at, I watch a lot of film and really take care of my body. Cause over the lockout, I had the extra time to like transform my body. And then when I got to Dallas, you know, people were like, Whoa, this guy's a different player now. Um, you know, he's still young. He's still only 23. And I think that's where my best years were, when I, you know, finally got my feet on the ground and was able to take off. So I, you know, I kind of attribute, you know, going to Dallas, they were literally the first team to call me as wow. soon as the lockout was lifted. And my agent was like, this is a great situation. You know, they they had just came off a championship. They have a stable franchise. They really, really like you. You know, I was like, let's do it then. You know, and then and it was it was pretty easy. And it was probably one of my favorite places to play. Okay. I was going to ask, um, what? So you, you liked playing in Dallas. Did you like yeah. – did you like the the team? Did you like living in Dallas? What did you? No, like? I like. I, yeah, I liked everything. Yeah, team, uh, ownership, uh, coaches, the players. Um, city was great. Not too far from Nashville, so my family was able to come down and and watch. Uh, nice weather. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes for the most time, for the most part, at least. Um, now nah, it was just a great situation, and then you know, Vince Carter got down there, which was cool. Uh, Brendan Haywood was there. He's a Tar Heel guy, which is cool. You know, so we started having some uh, some Tar Heel people. Daryl Armstrong was there. He's a coach. He um, He's from North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, the Fayetteville area. So that was cool. So it was a lot of support there. And it was cool because it was a veteran team. Um, and I needed that. You know, I, I think I needed that after coming from Golden State. We, we were just so young. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard for young teams to get their footing sometimes. So going to Dallas was being able to watch people work, you know, know how to work and, you know, build an actual, you know, championship team and be able to play with Jason Kidd and Dirk Nowitzki and, you know, Jason Terry. I had some good memories there. And then from there, back to, was that after that Memphis? Or I went to, uh, I went to Phoenix. Uh, okay. For like, maybe like three or four months. I got traded on last year, my deal in Dallas to Phoenix, which, and it was a cool place too. I liked it a lot. It was, a, yeah. I mean, and we went to, <laughs> I got traded to Phoenix during the, uh, well, actually I forgot to tell you, I got traded to Boston first. Oh. That same year, I got traded twice in the same year. 
And I was only there for three weeks, though. And it was a lot of, like, limbo, like, you know, rumors. What are they going to do with this guy? Are they going to keep him? Are they going to trade? They end up trading to Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And they got more draft capital. That's what created what they have now, you know, all the draft capital they have. And then I went to Phoenix, which was a cool place. I ended up going there. That was the Super Bowl year. Um, Oh. And that was the year that Russ threw the pick right at the the goal line. That was that crazy year. Wow. yeah, that was a that was a cool place too. I liked it there a lot. I mean, Scottsdale. I mean, he can't beat that. I mean, have yeah. you been to Scottsdale before? No, I haven't. It's on my list. No, it's it's it's, it's Move definitely it up. Not like Move it up yeah, on the list. Okay. It's um, everyone talks about Nashville, obviously, and you know places like that, Austin. Yeah, Scottsdale is a a great great city. Okay, like it's, it's it's a good place to visit and hang out. So all of the places you've been to, did you have a a favorite arena to play in, like in terms of just coolest atmosphere. Yeah, I, to be honest, I love playing it. I'm still calling it Staples Center. I'm not calling okay, it. Crypt, crypt, I'm not calling well, it. Crypto. You might not be crypto for that long. Yeah, you might be right about that. But it's to me, it's all. It'll always be Staples Center. It'll never be anything else. That was my. That's my favorite place to play. I just like the shooting depth and the, yeah. the lights. Um, you always see people that you see on TV, you see the star, sit on the front row. You get to play against great players. You got to play against Kobe a lot. And I mean, every basically during, you know, my time was those Laker teams were very, very good, except mm-hmm. towards the end. But I always enjoyed going into that place and playing. It was just a cool, cool feeling for me. Yeah, I bet. Especially kind of when you grow up in the South and then to go to like out there, out West, like LA, it's so different. Yeah. Do you- like and you mentioned like seeing the celebrities. Are you a pop culture guy? I mean, I'm, I like movies and, and music yeah. and stuff like that. I'm not. I'm. I never get starstruck or anything like that. Okay. But you know, I I respect what all these people do because I understand the, the hard work that goes into it. Um, yeah. You know, and then particularly on our ends, you know, I just look back and think like, wow, you know, what we put our bodies through, mm-hmm. you know, for all of these years, especially if you play a long time. I mean, I had six surgeries in my career and yeah. you know just you, you just respect people's crafts a little bit more when you go through some some really really tough but you have to overcome it you know type of times talk to me about how you overcame that adversity of having all of the injuries and just dealing with them not only physically but mentally because it's a lot yeah yeah i mean it's 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 tough i mean it's part of it though i mm-hmm. If you play this long, you're gonna get hurt unless you're like LeBron or somebody like that. I mean, he's starting to get nicked up a little bit, but he had—I don't think he's had many surgeries. But it's just part of it, you know. Guys go down, you got to come back. You know, if if you want to stay in the in the game, uh, you know, you got to be able to deal with these type of injuries and be able to rehab and be able to mentally be able to sit there and go to a you know physical therapy facility every day and and do what you need to do to get back on the court and help your teammates out, but. You know, it's part of it, but, you know, some days I feel it <laughs> just waking up and walking around. But I like to work out a lot, so I stay in really, really good shape. Um, you know, I like to be active with my girls and be able to run around. So I don't want to I don't want to get out of shape. Let's talk about that. So hobbies are working out um, according to this is funny. I think according to Wikipedia, your hobbies are first bowling. Fishing, golfing, and video games. How accurate is that? It's, it used to be accurate. Okay. I don't. So I don't bowl as much anymore. 
Okay. Because I had this left shoulder surgery in, what was that, 2009? You're a lefty? Yep, I'm a lefty. So no more bowling because okay. it, I can bowl one game and I get sore. Ah, but you were so, really into it. Yeah, I, I liked it. It was fun. Nice. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. Um, fishing, I hadn't been in a while, but I, I still love I still love the idea of fishing because it's just so calm and relaxing, just chill. Um, if you go on my Instagram page, I caught this shark. I actually caught it in Fort Lauderdale. What? Um, Where? Yeah. Uh, right off the coast of Fort Lauderdale. It was one of these, you know, it got plenty of like docks and, you know, fishermen. And he caught a shark? Place. Caught a shark. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I caught Wait. a seven and a half, 350 pound shark, bull shark. Off the coast Were you of freaking Florida. out? I almost, I mean, I literally feel like I almost died. Like it was that tough to pull that thing in. Wait, where, who were you with and like what happened? So me and my trainer went down. Um, we just went down on a vacation or whatever, just to get away. We had been training yeah. so hard. I think this was maybe in like end of July or something like that. I think we did like a three or four day getaway. We never had, we never been to Fort Lauderdale. Let's, let's do something different. Yeah. You know, we just went down there and hung out and got some sun and ate some seafood. And nice. he was like, you want to go fishing one day? I'm like, sure, let's go. So we go out and we find a, the hotel hooks us up with a cool spot and they take care of us. And we go out and you know, we catch a couple small fish. And the captain was like, you guys want to try to catch a shark? I was like, yeah, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so he was like, you know, just to warn you, you know, we, we usually catch one shark every you know, probably three to six months. I was like, okay, cool. You know, we'll, we'll try to do it. So you catch a fish and then you like kind of do a little slit on it or whatever, try to, to attract them with the blood and you hook that fish and then you, that's how you throw it out. Um, yeah, it was, this is, it, this is the crazy part now. So we, you know, we, we throw it out and I'm up first. And I think like within 20 or 30 minutes, he said a, a, a bull shark hits the line and he was like, all right, you got to pick this reel up and you're going to have to reel because this thing is going to keep running until it's not going to stop. And he was like, I'm going to warn you. He said, on average, it usually takes about an hour and a half to two hours to get this thing. in." I was like, no, not, not today. It's not going to happen. So I went nuts. I just started giving, I took my shirt off. I got, I said, hold the reel, took my shirt off. And I was like, all right, let's go. I went as hard as I could. And I got that thing in, in 20 minutes. But Wait, this is a crazy how part. How big was it again? It was it was seven and a half feet, three hundred and fifty pounds. I'm about to pull this up. Yeah, this so, is crazy. Okay, wait. So it's, it's you caught a shark. Far. So you do like fishing, but you caught a shark. So we what? caught a shark. I caught the shark, and I was like, "All right, cool." We pull it up. You know, we don't put it in the boat because it's dangerous. Um, we just show it, and just so we can take pictures of. It. We took pictures of it, and we let them go. And then all of a sudden, I just start feeling like, like. Tra complete trash like i'm like almost about to pass out i'm very fatigued so i told the captain i was like, i gotta go down and go lay down in the, in, inside the boat just from like doing it the fatigue yeah it just took everything i had in my body to, and so i had to lay down for like 30 or 40 minutes to like get myself together oh my to, god before i could like get back out there and watch uh you know finish the finish the boat trip so that was that was not i felt like i had like I, cause I got COVID last uh, December. That's how I felt after I caught that shark. I was like literally that exhausted. It was, it was one of those times. And then my, my trainer, he caught one himself. He caught a little bit smaller, but he oh did the same thing. He got his in about 30 minutes. 
sleep. And then he, he had to do the same thing I did. He had to go lay down himself. He was exhausted also. Where is the shark? It's it's probably it's probably back a little bit. Okay. I gotta, we'll I gotta find, find another. It. Wait, I found it. Yeah, it's it's uh yeah. That is crazy. That that thing, I'm telling you, I never felt power like that from any other force than I felt from that shark. We'll have that to post was, this video with um a teaser reel. This this is a full shark. Yeah, that was like real, like I was like, that was real power. Like I never felt anything that strong ever. Oh my god. And it was like fighting too. It was like it didn't give up. Okay. Well, that's and then, yeah, so and then he was like, "All right, guys, what y'all want to do?" I was like, "Let's go back to the dock. We're done." Yeah, let's like maybe go out to dinner, relax. Maybe. Yeah, we. I think we still had like six hours left on the trip. I said, "Let's go back." Yeah, actually, let's go back. So you took a boat out from this is like out out because I was going to say yeah, we don't we, really have I, a lot of sharks in Fort Lauderdale. I think you said we went off 30, 40 miles, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Off the coast. So have you been fishing a lot since then, or you just took a break? No, no, I haven't. That was in twenty fourteen, I mean, according to your Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have uh, an eight-year-old and twenty-five-year-old girl, so I don't have as much time to fish like I want to. But is the eight-year-old a girl too? All girl, dad? Yeah, all girls. Um, mm-hmm. what is that like? It's fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because I'm outnumbered in my house, four to one. Yeah. It's all females, but I think it was. I think it was meant to be like that. I think that's what God was telling me. He wanted me to have because <laughs> I, I I grew up with two brothers, and then that's so right. my mom my mom was outnumbered four to one in our house. So I think I think it's kind of cool to, uh, that I end up having all girls. And then with the twins it was kind of crazy too. Yeah, that's twin I mean that must be a lot, but it's so nice that you get to do that and that you embrace it and then you get your little time away cuz we're you're joining us from your man cave which you were explaining to me earlier. So when you're with your family, what do you like to do and then what do you like to do um when you get some alone time? Uh, I mean, we we just like to like a vacation. We spend a lot of time at Disney. They spend more time than me. <laughs> so my wife and then one of my one of my twins, uh, Reese, they just got back from Disney uh, on Monday or Saturday, Saturday morning. So we go down there, you know, quite a bit, three, four times a year, probably. I just like to go on vacations. I like to go to like Hawaii and, you know, the Bahamas and, you know, places like that. Always trying something new. We went to Puerto Vallarta for the first time. A um, couple uh, in the summertime in June. Um, talking about going to Cabo, so we like to travel a lot. Tropical, uh, it seems. Tropical vacations. Yeah, yeah, we like to do those, and then you know, sports. They are all playing tennis, and then my oldest is playing tennis and basketball at the same time. So it's getting a little cold, but we have like a little rule where if it's between like thirty to like a hundred, we gotta we gotta go out there and work. If it's below that or above that, then we can we can call it off. Would it be cool to have a basketball player? Or are you kind of letting her do her own thing? No, I'm, I'm I'm letting her do her own thing because I haven't been pressuring her to play basketball, but she wants to, so I'm gonna let her play. Um, because I don't want her to be like, oh, you know, your dad was this, your dad is that, you know how that stuff is. Like, I don't want her to be like pressured to live up to anything, you know, because she's tall. She's very very tall. She's in the hundred percentile in height for eight year old, and you know Lucky she's girl. very very long and. She's how athletic, tall are you, so. by the way? I'm 6'10". 6'10". Oh, so, mm-hmm. And then how tall is your wife? My wife is 5'9 and a half. Okay, so, I mean, there's uh, Yeah, our girls, our girls are tall. Yeah, yeah, our girls are already tall. And then uh, the twins are, like, in the 90 percentile height. They're five years old. So, 
Yeah. So we have some tall, tall girls in this house. That's so fun. And then when you're not hanging with the family, you do a lot of philanthropy. Tell me about that. And there's yeah. kind of a lot going on. I saw um, some stuff that you do in the community, kind of the dentist for a day amongst. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was kind of cool because so it's a, one of our partners. I have a foundation in Nashville called Team Brandon Wright. And the basis of our foundation is uh, girls basketball, youth basketball in the community. And we go from seventh grade to rising 12th graders. This year we'll have, I think we'll have like 140 girls in our program. I think that's like a, that's like a a foundation high, but we just, we play basketball in the summertime. We get these girls scholarships. They get recruited to go play. We still haven't had any girls go to North Carolina yet. So that's, that's kind of on the list. Um, But the athletic part, and then we, you know, after I got going the first couple of years, we added the education part. So do a lot of partnering with, you know, these, these companies and, and these groups to kind of try to, you know, push education. And, and then we partner with people like Delta Dental, you know, we do these, um, these workshops where, you know, people come out and we provide the community with, you know, free services to their kids and themselves to, you know, make sure they're feeling good and, and checked up before they go to, go to school. So we, we've been doing a lot of different things. Uh, around here you know I try to stay low-key with it I don't want to really publicize too much because I, I don't I feel like that's not the not the way to go if you do something you do it from your heart and not to you know show other people what you're doing so you know if I'm forced to post I will post but for the most part I, I try to stay away from it so like you know our one-on-one right here if anybody asks what's going on I'll definitely tell you what's going on but um yeah I just that's the fun part, just giving back to the community that, that kind of brought me up and kind of gave to me. That's awesome. It's a good message too. Like you do it because it's, it's in the goodness of your heart, not yeah. because you need to post about it or tell someone. Um, I think that's a good piece of advice. And one thing I like to do on this podcast is ask, um, what's the best piece of advice you've gotten or a piece of advice you carry with you? Oh. Uh, I don't know who, I don't remember who told me, but I I tell my girls this too. Um, Speak less and listen more. That's kind of a, that's kind of been my thing, you know, like, you know, you got to evaluate what's going on because a lot of people like to speak. I mean, you know, we, we know what social media is and we know how it is these days. You know, usually the loudest person is considered to be the most truthful or the, 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 the right person, which is not always correct. But I like to sit back and, and, and watch people. And I do a lot of reading now. Uh, I used to not read at all, <laughs> but I read a lot more um, than I used to. Um, so I'm you know, just, just learning a lot more about people and the way people think and people operate and you know, the best routes of communication, which is good because having this foundation and stuff and being able to kind of learn you know, more about you know, what's going on in people's heads. What do you like to read? Like fiction or nonfiction or <sighs> no, I don't I don't I don't read those type of books. <laughs> My wife reads those type of books. Um no, I like to read about like health, fitness, and then I mean mm-hmm. I obviously like to read about I read the Bible, just you know, it's just part of the, the life routine or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, then I like to read about medicine. Um, okay. but like holistic medicine, not like, you know, pills and all those type of things, because I took so much of you know, the Advil and the anti-inflammatories while I'm playing, I, I wanted to kind of clean my body up. So, you know, what can lemon do for your body? What can turmeric do for you? You know, those, those type of things. I read these papers 
that's been that have been published you know all around the world and from years and years back and just learn a lot of different things and you know how i can help my girls you know live a healthy life i'm in the stem cells a lot you know which is you know kind of off thing off the kind of off the tracks or whatever then i like reading about like which this is kind of crazy i like reading about like (laughs) the, the drug cartel the mexican stuff and the 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 trade around the world and how all that stuff works. That stuff is interesting to me. When you're talking about holistic medicine, so do you, like in the morning, like do you have a certain routine that oh, you yeah. do? Yeah, yeah. What does it involve? It's, so I I like to have a gallon of water before like 9 a.m. every day. Whoa. What time so do you get I up? Have, I used to get up around 6. Okay, that's I a lot of water. I used, to, I used to get up. Yeah, I, I drink a lot of water that around that time. So I used to get up a little bit earlier, but I kind of pushed it back now just because we don't have to get up as early. Yeah. So I have all my, uh, you know, minerals and vitamins that I take in the morning, which is a, it's a, a lot. And I'll, and I'll show you a picture of, of it uh, down the line, but it's, it's a lot of stuff, but I like to get into my body before I leave the house to go anywhere. Cause I got to work out. Uh, I usually work out around nine every day. Um, that routine has been solid for, I don't know, at least the last seven or eight years since I kind of took control of my, I, I guess you can say since the lockout year. Okay. That, uh, that's been my, my routine. So I do that. Um, you know, I have a lot of different systems. I have stuff called blood flow restriction. I can see all the links to it. Um, pulse electromagnetic fields. I use all that stuff. What does that do? It's basically for like cellular health. Okay. It makes your cells, it cleans out all the garbage and pushes all of it out. Um, makes you feel a lot better. You know, it, it heals you. Uh, a lot of technology out on it, a lot of science on it. Uh, so, you know, anything, um, you know, that, you know, I can promote to like my girls or the girls that I have in my program, Yeah. you know, that doesn't require like surgery or a pill you know i try to promote that i'm in the cry i like cry a lot too i do a lot of a lot of cry is awesome yeah it's, i feel good all the time every time i do it do you go somewhere to do that yeah yeah i do go somewhere to do it. I, t- I tried to put one in my house they they wouldn't let me do it wait is it is it not safe to have one in your house well you have to have this uh this like this gas tank or whatever oh and someone has to monitor it like mm. almost every day so you can't have a like a gas line at your house like that Got it. Without, uh, like, it's, it's a certain person that, that monitors that thing, so. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it, it's like, so big anyways, too, right? Like, you can probably use Yo, I mean, we, we, we could have, we, we had space, and we wanted to do it, we had space for yeah. it, but they, they were like, no, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. It's, it's not safe, you know? No, that makes sense. Are you, your girls, or your older daughters, are you her basketball coach? No, I don't see, that's the one thing, too. Okay. I, don't, I don't get involved in that. I just sit back. No like, I'll, I'll teach her some stuff off, like off the court. Okay. Know, if I see something that needs to be addressed or whatever, but I let other people coach just because if I coached, I would probably like think I was playing like in the NBA. Like I would do, I would prep like that. I would, you know, coach like that. I would install like offense, defense, you know, terminal. I, that's the way I would operate. And I can't really, it's kind of hard for me to turn it off. To be honest, you have because, like the eight-year-olds in like film session, and their like parents are like, "Um, sir, they're supposed to be in school." Exactly, like, <laughs> like that. That's the that like that's the problem. Like some of those parents would probably hate me because the stuff I would want, I would want to do is like 
I want to go all in. I'm not, I mean, I'm either yeah. all in or all out type of person, you know? So I'm, yeah. I just sit over there. I don't say anything, you know, we'll talk after the, after the game or whatever and discuss, you know, what you could have did better. Or, yeah. But for the most part, I just stay back. You know, if the coaches ask me anything, I'll give them any, any, any advice they want, but I just sit over there, relax and hope she's enjoying it. That's awesome. So sports for you. Um, what are your teams like when you're uh, just hanging out? Who are you rooting for? What are you watching? I mean, I'm a Nashville guy, so I mean, I'm all Nashville. Okay. Um, Titans, Titans Preds. Preds. I like the Braves. Just because oh, yeah, I read it's that. the closest team here. Um, okay. You know, I'm a Manchester City soccer fan. Okay. We have Nashville SC here now, too. I, I'm, I'm trying to get into it just because it's here. Yeah. So, I mean, those are my teams. For the most part, um, I was glad the Braves finally won a championship, which yeah. has been a Good long time, time coming. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm set there for a while. Okay. But I think it's time for the Titans to do it. Then they actually build a new stadium too, which is going to be nuts. They are? It'll be done in, they said, 2026. So, wow. I mean, That's Nashville's crazy. Good. Like, they uh, they they want Super Bowls and all that thing, those things here. And then I think we're – I mean, it's a lot of like rumors behind the scenes that they're going to bring a baseball team here too. So that'll be fun. That'd be really interesting. But I mean, what better city? Because you and I were talking before we got started. There's so much growth. It's yeah. a different city. Every time I've been there, it, there's something different. It's awesome. Have you gotten into the country music scene? I mean, you grew up there, but it's not, that's not your scene. Okay. Emphatic <laughs> <laughs> no, shake I, of head. I, no, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I, it's been here forever. And yeah. this is like the, this is the country music capital of the world. But, uh, and I, I, I probably shouldn't say that. I hate when people say, oh, you like country music. No, I don't. I just, I just live here. I just live here. And you're, you're but, born uh, there. But Broadway is crazy though. I don't know if you've been to Broadway before. Yeah. It's a, it's a very, very, it's a nuts place. Literally all times of the day. Um, it's all times of the day. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, um, I mean, it's, it's probably vastly like very, very closely approaching the Vegas trip. It's it's like on its way to that. That's how crazy it is. Yeah. I stay away from that place though. I stay away from downtown as much as yeah, I can. Yeah, it's it's definitely touristy. What so yeah. if you don't like country, what kind of music do you like? I mean I just like rap and R and B. I like a little more pop now too. I used to not um like it as much, but I do now. You listen um, like with the girls. Is that what they like? Oh the girls, they like whatever's on Disney Junior or they like they like Taylor Swift and stuff like Olivia Rodrigo and um, um, Billy Eilish, they like those type of artists. Yeah. So I, I've been I've been sucked into listening to that stuff, <laughs> even though it's not my my top choice. Totally. You know? Yeah, but it's like it's weird. It's just weird around here because, like, when you tell someone, "Oh, I'm I'm born and raised here," like, really? Oh, that's weird. Because everyone from here, they're everyone sure. here now, they're from a different place. They're not yeah. from Nashville. They you know live in. They're from Chicago or they're from Florida or they're from yeah. New York or whatever, you know. And we had a huge influx during COVID because of the housing. So it used to be cheap here. It's not cheap anymore, but it was cheap. Well, it's a good place to be and, and yeah. raise a family. Do you guys see yourselves staying there? Yeah, we'll be here. We'll always have a residence here. Uh, we've yeah. been talking about having a, getting a home and maybe in Orlando. By Disney? Yeah. It's that much of a love. Yeah, I mean, as I say, they go down there. I go once a year. They go three to four times a year. Wow. Uh, I would prefer to get a home, like in Hawaii or you know maybe in like the Bahamas or something. But we'll see where it goes. 
Okay. Yeah. You might, we'll I mean, see. you're outnumbered. You already said that. So yeah. you might not have much of a say. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, um, we'll wrap it up with a little more Tar Heels. Um, we talked a little bit about the team this year, but, and I don't want to jinx anything because I'm very superstitious, but do we have good hopes, like good feeling about this, this season, this team? I, I, mean, I think we are in good shape. Um, the only thing I'm concerned about is, you know, we need a little bit more depth. Um, it's last year team was weird because we really only play like six and a half guys. Yeah. You know, and, and Carolina tradition, they usually play 10, 11 guys, maybe 12, if you, because those teams are super, super talented. But it's so different these days because of the portal. And, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't keep everyone happy, you know? <laughs> so you're going to lose those 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 guys if they're not playing. So that's my only concern. If we lose one of our guys, you know, uh, RJ or Caleb or Baycock, um, leaky, we might be in trouble. Um, but for the most part, if we stay healthy and some of those guys off the bench develop, I think we'll be in good shape to make a run. I think we're going to win the ACC pretty easily um, this yeah. year, even though you know Duke is pretty talented. Some teams that were down last year will be back up, like Florida State. Um, but I think we're in good shape in the in the in the league. And then you know, six games, you know, see what happens. Yeah. Could we see like an an analyst, like broadcaster in your future that was spoken so eloquently, like a coach uh, I, maybe, I mean, like I, a basketball? I've been, I kind of been approached by, about it, but I I really don't want to do that. I don't think okay. I want to do that. I, I have other stuff going on that I want to do. And then, you know, I was away from the girls for so much, yeah, because of playing. I don't want to really be away from them again like that. Even though it wouldn't be the same, mm -hmm. but I kind of want to be at home now a little bit more. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, that's better. You know, I, maybe if I got like a local role, maybe, yeah. you know, but not, I don't want to travel or anything like that. I mean, I know it's fun and, and it's maybe on the, on the docket for like maybe down the road, Yeah. but I don't want to do it just yet. You know? Absolutely. Family first. And it's not always as glamorous as, as it seems for sure. So yeah. it seems like you've I mean, got all the right priorities. Maybe, maybe the podcasting. I, I kind of like that. Because you just sit there and just talk and you can be wherever you can wear whatever, you know, you don't have to. You got know. a good thing going, right? Yeah. This was yeah. good. This was. was a great podcast, wasn't it? It was great. It was great. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up with um, where can everyone find you? I know you're not, you're not always active on social media. We found the shark picture, but if everyone. I mean, wants I'm, I'm active, it, but I'm, I don't post. Okay. But if I'm everyone wants to go post. find the shark, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and I think it's, I mean, on, on Instagram at BKW34. And then I'm on Twitter at, I think it's, was it BWrite34? I think. Just look up um, Brandon Wright, but it's Brandon A-N. Yes, correct. Correct. And I don't know what, what's going on with the verification thing. I don't know what that is. Like, what, what's the deal? That's a whole long story, Brandon. We would have to start another podcast. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, <laughs> because you can, like, I think technically can people can it. make, yeah, they can make their own, like, Brandon Wrights now, right? Yes, but when you click on it, if you so some people can pay for Twitter blue, but you already have verification, right? Yes. So so do I. And so it'll show if and it says like I am verified because I I'll tell you. This account is verified because it's notable in government news, entertainment, or another designated category, but 
someone who has Twitter blue, it'll say this account is verified because they subscribe to Twitter blue. So gotcha. if, if you're just scrolling, you can't tell like if somebody gotcha. made a fake account. So you have, you have to click on it and like dig a little bit deeper. You have to dig. Yeah. If you're just scrolling, like if you were still playing, people could make like, I am Brandon Wright. And then they could post like, I'm requesting a trade or something. Yeah. I seen that one with LeBron the other day yeah. and I was like, this is not right. <laughs> I know. It's a whole nother thing. Um, a whole, it's, it's crazy. Um, I was with a, a friend from Carolina this past weekend who works for Twitter and she's like, I'm holding on. She still has her job and she's so grateful, but she's like waiting to see um, what all goes down with it. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm here for the ride. I want to see how this thing goes, to be honest. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it ride, rides out. We'll ride the wave and see how it plays out. Because I feel um, like he, he might be just trying things right now, but it might not be the final destination, you know, just to see where it goes. Yeah. Um, it's it's a crazy place right now. So yeah, yeah, it we'll is. See what happens. But if anyone wants to find you, they can look you up there. Oh, there's only one Brandon Wright, but it's B R A N D A N. That could be your podcast name, like Sophia with an F. You could be Brandon with an with two A's. Brandon with two A's. I just gave you a that, podcast. That name. could work. That 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 actually be a, it could be a cool name. That could, that could be, be a, a great name. It, it, we're workshopping it. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it's there. There's something there. It's something. Yeah. We'll it's, a, it's definitely a start. It's definitely a start. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much. Um, I am so honored to have had a fellow Tar Heel. Um, so thank you for joining us. I've had so much fun. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Bye.